As you can tell, we don't have the normal screen here and the normal table that we preach from because I'm not preaching today. As I shared with you last Sunday, we've got a very, very special guest that's gonna come. What a powerful service we just came out of. You are gonna be so blessed by the word of God today. Pastor Sam Cologne, if you go to our Grow Track, you hear about Pastor Sam and, and the church, Circle of Christ Church. We have a campus up in New York City in the Bronx called Circle of Christ Church. It's our sister church up there. Pastor Sam is the founder and the lead pastor, him and his wife, Sister Esther. And uh, when I, Kathy and I moved to the Bronx, New York in 1980, uh, Pastor Sam was the second pastor in charge of a powerful church there that we became a part of called Love Gospel Assembly. Uh, pastor Sam, God used him to really challenge me to dig deeper in the word. I grew up in church all my life, but it was Pastor Sam's hunger for the word and his ability to be a, an expository teacher and preacher of the word that just challenged me to dig it deeper and go deeper. He is a great, great friend. And, and here's what really happened. He, he watches and his church prays for Jabin and us every day. And, and he just saw that our family was going under a lot of stress and just a lot of stuff. And we'd already talked to him about coming and preaching. He'll be here at least once, if not twice every year. And uh, we just got on the phone and he said, brother, I just want to come down and hold up your hands and your family's arms and give you a breather. He didn't ask to preach. He just said, I want to come down and hug on y'all. And I said, bro, if you're here, you are preaching. You hear me? And so will you join me and let's welcome our way, Pastor Sam Cologne, Circle of Christ Church, Bronx, New York. We love him. He's family. Let's receive him. God bless you. Love you, buddy. God bless. Hallelujah. God bless you, God bless you, God bless you. What a joy and what a blessing to be here at our church, Transformation Church. I bring you greetings from Transformation Church Circle of Christ in Co-op City, Bronx, the boogie down Bronx, New York. <laughs> Hallelujah. Now, you know, I'm different, so you're going to have to help me out. But I, I'm really, really blessed. And uh, I, I came, as Pastor said, really not to preach. We, we've been talking about coming down to preach probably later in the year. Uh, but I, I bought my ticket, and I got on a plane, and I came down. I knew that Jabin had been in the hospital for 17 days, I think, and and the uh, situation in the family was a bit tough. And I said, my friend and my past is hurting, and I'm going to be with him. And uh, I, I, I love this man and his family to death. I, I really do. And I, I came to bless them, and Pastor Brad and Ashley and all of the family members. And God's been gracious. We've had a wonderful time. And the healing of God just flowed. And it's amazing to see how God can just take over a situation and bring peace. Hallelujah. And so I, I am blessed. I really am blessed. Uh, I, I feel a little bit more relaxed now because Brad gave me a, a time constraint. But I, I remembered that I am that I'm from the East Coast, and so we're a different time zone, so. I just, you know. And I hear you don't have another service after this, so. Ha! Jesus. 
Somebody praise the Lord. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I'm honored to be your guest speaker today, and I'm honored that I'm the first speaker in the new house. Wow, this is awesome. This is impressive. This, I, I was watching, I was watching on Facebook and, and the website and all that hustling, bustling, breaking, breaking. I hear this thing was really, uh, you needed a jackhammer up here and it's tremendous and what a beautiful thing. And this is just about the beginning of what God wants to do, Transformation Church. And so be encouraged, be, be encouraged today. I took out my phone because, you know, these things, they become your Bible, they become your notes and stuff, but not really. I, I, uh. I posted something in uh, Facebook today because today is a very special day. Today we honor the birth of one of the greatest preachers America ever produced and one of the men who really inspired me. I grew up during the Civil Rights Movement and Martin Luther King Jr. and his calling to bring the nation to a place of, of change, uh, of peace and justice through the nonviolent movement inspired me. I read his book, Strength to Love, one of the most powerful books, and it still impacts my life. It reminds me of Jesus. And so today, I, I just want to quote, and so I can't, I didn't mem memorize it, and I didn't put it in my notes, but I want to quote something that a preacher friend of mine reminded me of. And listen to this. It says, I refuse to accept the view that mankind is so tragically bound to the starless midnight of racism and war that the bright daybreak of peace, hallelujah, and brotherhood can never become a reality. I believe that unarmed truth and unconditional love will have the final word. Yes. Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. So I, I, I'm inspired by this great champion of peace and justice, and I want to preach to you about the peace that he was talking about. I want to talk to you about the peace that he was talking about. I, I'm doing a series at, at church. It started at Christmas time, Advent season, and we start out with Isaiah uh, 9, 6 through 7, uh, and I preached on this on Christmas Day. We had service on Christmas Day. I didn't expect anybody there, and the church was packed. Hallelujah. And I was just blessed. And we read, for unto us a child is born, and to us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Everybody, Prince of Peace. Hallelujah. And so I want to preach about the message of that prince and the, and the, and the covenant that that pre, prince proclaimed over his people. The scripture goes on to say, and of the increase of his government and of peace, and the Hebrew word there is shalom. The increase of his government and of peace, there will be no end. Hallelujah. There will be no end. And the throne of David and over his kingdom shall establish it and uphold it with justice and with righteousness from, the from this time and forth and forevermore. 
And then this last piece really encouraged me because when I look out at the world, there's war, there's famine, there's racism, there's hatred, there's domestic violence, there's divorce, there's abortion, there's just hatred all over the place, there's division in the family, there's division in the community, there's division in the government, there's division in the nation, there's division in the church. And so everything is so fragmented. How can this be, this promise from the Prince of Peace? And that last phrase, it says, and the zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. There is a peace that nothing, there isn't a political movement, there isn't a, a, a legislative agenda that could ever produce the shalom that God promises. Only the Prince of Peace can establish it. And so I, I, I looked at that word, and, and I want to share with you in that word. I understand that you're in a series about a fresh start, a new beginning. And, and I want to include and interject in this theme that peace should be something that you want to start out with this year. Shalom should be something that you want to experience this year. And I, I want to give you some insight because I, I share space back in the Bronx with a Jewish rabbi, Rabbi Solomon Burl, and, and we're brothers. We embrace, we talk to each other every morning. And when I gather, you know, I come into the building, he's already there because they do their prayers like at five o'clock in the morning. And, and uh, you know, that's, that ain't happening. So I'm, I'm coming in nine, 10, sometimes 11, a quarter to 12, because I'm going to be there all night. You know, so, and, and when I'm walking in, sometimes he's walking out and I say, Shalom, Rabbi. And he says, Shalom back. And then he adds, God bless you. Cause he thinks I'm saying Shalom because I'm being nice. But I let him know that, uh, that the Prince of Shalom is my savior. Hallelujah. <laughs> but then I asked him in the conversation, you know, what, what is this deal about you guys always greeting each other? With shalom, and he, and he told me, well, shalom means justice and well-being and welfare and abundance. And, 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 and so it's, we always declare it when people die because they will go to where there is abundance, there is well-being, where there is welfare, where there is wholeness. And, and that was interesting. I thought it was very interesting, so I looked it up, and he was accurate. He was absolutely correct. He teaches at a theological seminary, so whenever I have a question on Hebrew, I go to him. And it's a common Jewish uh, greeting. Shalom. The Greek word for, for peace is Irene. So if there's any Irenes here today, you know that your name means peace. And that particular word means restoration to a right relationship, to a whole relationship, to a healed relationship. So immediately we understand that shalom or peace is never an individual thing. You don't have peace all by yourself. You either have peace with God, you have peace with yourself, and you have peace with your brother and your sister. It's a communal thing. It goes against the grain of American culture because American culture really glorifies individualism and independence. And sometimes that's good, but sometimes that gets us in trouble. 
because it's always about the community when it comes to Eastern thinking, to, to Oriental side. And the scriptures come from the East. And, and, and the Bible is steeped in the East. And, and we see it in Jesus' teaching and in Paul's theology. If your brother is hurting, you're hurting. Cry with those who cry. Mourn with those who mourn. Because if you're blessed, then I'm blessed. And if you're hurting, I'm hurting. And if you're suffering, I suffer with you. And if you're blessed and prospered, I rejoice. Because your strength becomes my strength. Because we're one body. And so peace and shalom is a communal thing. And so what I want to declare to you today is about a communal thing. Yes. It has to do. And in this new year, Transformation Church, you've got to get more and more united. The devil concocted, fabricated, sent the worst demons up here last month to destroy Transformation Church, but boo-hoo, he's got to go. Hallelujah. He's got no space in here. God is in the house. The Holy Ghost is here. And God, the Prince of Peace, has declared that Transformation Church will not die. It will thrive. And that's the word that I welled up in my soul. Then you will not die. You will thrive. Somebody say thank you, Jesus. Yeah, now I feel like I'm at home. Now I'm feeling the Bronx all over me now. Oh, yeah. All right, okay, Brad, you're okay? All right. I love Brad. I love Brad. He's a man of God. So, shalom, what does it got to do? Well, I'm going to talk to you about the primary message of the Prince of Peace. What is Jesus's, if, if Jesus is the Prince of Peace, and if peace is not a quality, it's not a thing, but a person, ah, there you go. You know why there's no peace in the Middle East? Because peace is not a truce. It's a person. Ah. <laughs> See, because we come with our worldly acculturation that peace is an agreement, that peace is a piece of document, that peace is a contract, it's always broken. But when you come into a personal relationship with the Prince of Peace, you realize he is our peace. He has broken down every wall. And remove the barrier of division between Jew and Gentile. We are one in Christ Jesus because he is our shalom. The answer to racism is Jesus. The answer to injustice is Jesus. Now, so let's listen to Jesus. And Jesus' first message, his, his most dynamic message, his most repeated message, every village he went through, he would start out his message with the same introduction. I love Jesus' homiletical style because basically he never had to prepare a message. He would listen to the Father at night and he would say what the Father said in the evening. And as far, <laughs> and his Father told him, when you start speaking, speak this. 
And this is what he would do. In Mark 1, 14 and 15, it says, Now after John was arrested, Jesus came into Galilee proclaiming the gospel of God, whatever he heard the Father say, and saying, The time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. In other words, it's here, it's present. The kingdom of God is here. It's present. The government that establishes shalom is in your midst. And now he says, repent and believe the gospel. Repent and believe the gospel. So geez, the message of the Prince of Peace is that you cannot experience peace. You cannot experience wholeness. You cannot experience well-being. There will not be welfare in your community until you repent. We don't have enough preaching on repentance. And it's an utmost utter essential when the church stops pe preaching repentance, it becomes a religious social club. We've got to start every morning turning it around. Metanoia, change of mind. Every day I've got to turn it around. I'm going the wrong way, turn it around. My marriage is going the wrong way, turn it around. Repentance, repentance. People don't like repentance. Now you're messing with stuff. They got to give up stuff. Yeah, you do. I'm getting on a flight tomorrow. <laughs> I preach like this in the Bronx. <laughs> Woo! Got to turn it around. You got to turn around. Matthew 4.17, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The prince of peace says... You got to change. First message of Peter, a knucklehead disciple who had betrayed the master. He denied him. The rooster cried and he had denied him. And then he went and wept. And Jesus restores him and anoints him and empowers him with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And in Acts chapter two, chapter 2, verse 38 through 39, he preaches on the day of Pentecost. And Peter said to them, repent and be baptized, every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For this promise is for you and for your children and for all who are far off. Everything is about community. It's not all about you. It's you and your children and for those who are far off. The gospel is never self-centered. It's always about you, your children, and those who are far off. And everyone whom the Lord our God has called himself. So here we have just three verses and you have to trust me on this, I perused right through all four Gospels and the New Testament and the preaching of the Master. The preaching of the Master was three points. Repent, believe, and be baptized. Repent, believe, 
and be baptized. So how are we going to enter into the shalom of well-being, this removal of racial tension? we got to repent, turn it around. We've got to believe, believe in God, believe in the Lord, believe in the song you sang, the song that was elevated here. What an anointed song. Grace to grace. He paid the debt. He paid the debt. you got to believe. you got to believe that Jesus covered you. you got to believe that his blood covered you. Transformation, that's the name of your church, is not possible without the pouring out of sin. Redemption, there had to be a price paid, a penalty submitted, and Jesus paid it all. And you got to trust, you got to believe, and you got to believe, you got to believe, you got to believe. You won't have peace until faith rises in your heart. Faith is an essential. And then be baptized. Be baptized is not just a pool party. Being baptized is a public declaration that you identify with his death. You identify with his burial. You identify with his resurrection. I died to the world. I died to lying. I died to scheming. I died to drugs. I died to alcohol. I died to adultery. I died to fornication. And I bury it all and I rise again. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's the gospel. Be baptized. So these are prerequisites. This is my introduction. These are... <laughs> oh, my Lord. Some of you were, were planning to go to Texas Ranch House or Applebee's. They'll still be open when I'm done. <laughs> But the prerequisites of shalom is repentance, belief, and baptism. And then I bring you back to Isaiah 9-7, where Isaiah says, and the increase of his government, and I put into parentheses their kingdom, because Jesus was all about the kingdom. You know what? If you're not sure about this, this is what he meant. The world is under the prince of the power of the air. The king of this world is Satan. When Jesus went into Galilee, he said, a better king has arrived. Yeah. And it's not a play on, on words because today we celebrate the birth of Dr. Martin Luther King, and he was a great preacher, but he didn't preach Martin Luther King gospel. He preached that the better king, America, the better king, breaks down the walls of Paris. Being born again means you got to give up all that stuff. Well, I was born that way. Well, you need to be born again. <laughs> well, my granddaddy, my granddaddy, well, you need to be born again and leave granddaddy behind and take on the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. That's another message for another day. And if I keep going that way, we'll never get to Applebee's. 
But it says, it says the government and of shalom. Isaiah 9, 7. Says, and the government and of the shalom, the well-being, the wholeness, there will be no end. And the throne of David over the king, over his kingdom, and David is a type of Jesus Christ, he's speaking of Jesus, shall be on his shoulders. And so the zeal of the Lord shall accomplish this. And next I just want to introduce you to not just the purpose, the primary message, but the purpose of the message. So the primary message is kingdom, and kingdom involves repentance. It involves faith, belief. It involves baptism, be baptized, and identification with his death, burial, and resurrection. But now I want to talk to you a little bit about the purpose of his message in order for us to understand what shalom means. And so again, I remind you that shalom means to restore well-being, to establish justice, and to build completeness, wholeness. It presupposes that we live in a fragmented world. Can we all say amen? Amen. It presupposes that families are struggling to stay together, that communities are divided over race, politics, and ideologies, that even churches are divided. How sad is that? But so true. That nations are divided in this last election right down the middle. We're fragmented. We're broken people. That's why there's so much anxiety. We need the peace of God. And all of this is because of the fall of man. Adam fell and he broke fellowship with God. And whenever we're separated from God, there is no peace. And because of the fall of man, the world is fragmented, broken, and divided. And governments are held together by a social contract. In the case of America, one of the greatest social contracts ever written, the United States Constitution. And of course, the Bill of Rights that was eventually inserted is one of the greatest things that men ever could put together. It's nothing compared to Romans 8.1, but it's okay. U.S. Constitution is fantastic. Nothing can compare. There is therefore no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus. (laughs) It's good that we have the freedom of liberty and, and all, but nothing can compare. No, no, we are more than conquerors. If God be for us, who could be against us? There is no power, no principalities, no angels, no life, no death, no things present or things to come that will ever separate me from the love of God through Jesus, my Prince of Peace. Don't get it twisted. Constitution is good, but this is better. (laughs) And so we, 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 we operate a government based on a social contract and some, like the British Empire, is based on a monarchy and then eventually they added a parliamentary system. And democracies are all different. They're all different. But a government cannot exist without a social contract. The word for social contract in the Bible is covenant. And God spoke through his great prophets, Isaiah here in 9.6, Ezekiel 
34 and 25. I will make a covenant of shalom with you. Hallelujah. God said, I will make a covenant and the end of his kingdom and his peace. There will be no end to it. And the zeal of the Lord shall accomplish this. When God promises you his peace, this is what it means. <laughs> it means uh, that, uh, that, uh, that he will keep you in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee for he trusted you. Perfect peace. That's the covenant. And so the purpose of Jesus' message is to get a covenant people. And you learned that in Growth Track 1, salvation. He made the first cup. It's salvation. He made a covenant. He signed it with the blood of his son. Hey, hey, you, even if your conscience accuses you, you put it to the side because the blood of his son cries out, he's saved. He's mine. That's my daughter. That's my son. If a devil comes accusing you, you tell him, I don't live here anymore. Why? That's not even your name anymore because he's going to give each and one of us a new name. And our new name is written on the road. And the devil doesn't know our new name. That's why nothing shall separate us from the love of God. That's a good covenant. That's a good covenant. And remember that covenants and shalom is about, is about communities, about families, it's about communities, about nations. And so because he made a covenant of peace, shalom is the stuff of the kingdom of God. And to live in God's kingdom is to live in God's shalom. And shalom is never in the context of an individual outside of the community. And so our peace is dependent on the peace of the other. If your pastor is not at peace, then no matter how many things are going well with you, you better stop what you're doing and get on your knees and pray for him because his peace is your peace. And the opposite is also true. If you're all messed up, if you're all messed up and things are going wrong, he's going to be staying up at night. He's going to be staying up at night and he stayed up at night. And I came here to tell him, oh, they're playing the piano already? I haven't even got started. <laughs> Your father messed up. He told me to ignore it. Yeah, that's all right. <laughs> we'll get going. <laughs> this peace, this peace is powerful. I just want to give you a glimpse. So... They told me when they play the piano, you got five minutes. I, I got five Bronx minutes or five Pensacola minutes. My time is yeah, a glimpse. So I went theologically. You keep playing. I love the playing. I love it. Hallelujah. It, it, it calms me down and I can get through this fastest. Yeah, I, I slow up because I got a something in me. I tell people, you need, you need to stomp in your praise. I like, what's his name, Ryan? When he worships, he's like a boxer. I said, wow, that's an interesting, that's an interesting thing. Yeah, when you come to worship, you got ready for 12 rounds. Man. 
<laughs> Hallelujah. And so I invite you to Genesis chapter 1. I want, I want you to see how the pre-fallen world, shalom and the pre-fallen world. In Genesis chapter 1, we see a glimpse of what wholeness can be like. It says in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. So the first thing about shalom in a pre-fallen world is that God is above all things. God is first. Nothing can compete with your love for him. When your love for him is going downward and your love for others is rising above, you're in trouble. You say, well, pastor, but I'm, I'm loving people more. Watch out. People can lead you the wrong way. So God has to be before, first, and above. Genesis chapter 2 says, The earth was without form and void, and darkness was all over the face of the deep. That immediately lets us know that without God, the world is naturally dark, desolate, chaotic, and in misery. The Hebrew words, I don't have time, but if I had time, I'd tell you that the Hebrew words in their original meanings depicts an agonistic, desolate, dark, and chaotic thing. And he said, wow, yeah, yeah. God intentionally created a world that without him would always go wrong. And that's the answer to, to the atheist and the, and, and the agnostic who talk about nature and talking about uh, uh, nature, everything is good in nature and, and following naturalism. No, nature bends downward and nature goes into darkness. And so the, the Hebrew words speak about it. Even in the pre-fallen world, there was darkness. And it says, and I love, it speaks about a desolateness, but then he goes on to say, and the Spirit of God hovered above the darkness. And the word for spirit in Hebrew is ruach. And ruach is the feminine noun or a feminine name for God. Whoa. That's beautiful. And it tells us man and woman were created in his image. Male and female have the image of God in them. It says it hovered, and then the literal meaning of the Hebrew word to hover means to brood as a hen does over its eggs. And so in this dark, desolate world, the Spirit of God was brooding. Because if there's going to be life, it's going to come because God covers your darkness. Hallelujah. And while it was brooding over it, the next verse says, And God said, Let there be light. And there was light. And so the world, the world of darkness, of agony and chaos is dispelled through the Word of God. When God speaks, your darkness runs. 
when God speaks, the agony and the chaos is dismissed. You can't do it with a pill. You can't do it with a psychiatrist. You need God to speak. And when God speaks, he says, let there be light. There's no clarity without the word of God. There's no order in the church without the word of God. The word of God brings clarity. <laughs> Keep playing, this is good. <laughs> God positions himself over the darkness and his spirit broods over the darkness. And he said, let there be light. And light in Hebrew is figurative for revelation. You, you have darkness in your relationships? Is there darkness in the church somewhere? The only thing that dispels darkness is a revelation of the Holy Ghost. When the Spirit reveals, darkness must go. Demons must run. It's not going to happen any other way. Oh, I got to talk to the pastor. We got to work out a deal. No, no, there's no deal. What has God said? Whatever God says, that's what's going to dispel darkness. He said, I love this. I'm going to finish. I'm going to finish. I'm going to finish. In verse 4, verse 4, this is the end. Verse 4. And God saw that the light was good. The word good there is a synonym for shalom. And God saw that the light was whole well-being, justice, righteousness, abundance, health. Hallelujah. When God says something is good, it's good. And I don't have time to preach this because Brad will really hang me. I'm messing with him. I'm messing with him. The only thing he said was not good is for man to be alone. The only thing he said was not good for man to be alone. Everything else was good. When man is alone, and that word man there is not male. It's male and female. Okay? Because there's a word for male and female. Ish and isha. But the word there is harama, earth kind. It is not good for earthlings to be alone because you belong to a family and your protection I don't care if you're an orphan there are spiritual mothers in the house I don't care if your daddy ran out on you there are spiritual fathers in the house it is not good for earthlings to be alone but that, that's another message that's not in my notes that, that, that's for next week come back here come back here come back here when God gives birth to light it brings clarity to your life you know what this teaches me it teaches me this that even in a pre-fallen world where everything was pristine and perfect there was darkness the only time in Revelation there is no darkness is when the Lord comes and a new heaven and a new earth and there'll be no need for the sun because Jesus shall be light forevermore. We won't need, there'll be no more darkness. 
No more But until then, until then, look at what he says in verse 4. I'm finishing. I am, I am, I am. And God saw that the light was good, and God separated. He put a line of division. God separated the light from the darkness. He didn't destroy the darkness. He put a line of division. Follow me. I'm going to finish soon. He put a line of division. He put a boundary marker. He put a boundary marker. And Jesus said, in this world, you shall have tribulation. Yeah. And Paul said, we've been cast down. We've been whipped. And Christians suffer. And the great majority of Christianity is behind jail. And it is, it is illegal to preach the gospel in many nations. And we are a blessed nation, so we don't understand this. But most Christians in the Middle East and in the Orient and in Africa and in Asia, it is illegal to have what we're having here today. And they do it anyway, and so they're in jail. And of course, you know about ISIS, we get a huts cut off. And so to be a Christian today, 21st century, it's a bold, bold and courageous thing. And we pray for them. And what do we get in the news? That the heads were got cut off. And I said, oh, Lord, oh, Lord. But there's a line. There's a boundary. Now let's bring it to America. Let's bring it to the house. Let's bring it here. You've been blessed. But darkness tries to creep in. Illness, disease, discord, family fragmentations. But God said, I got a line darkness you can come up to here you come up to about 5 45 a.m but at 5 46 i'm breaking through because weeping may endure for a night Transformation Church, there may be epics and eras of weeping that you will have to go through, but it's not the end. It is not the end. It is not the end. God has put a marker. God has put a marker. And I told this man this morning, and I tell this man this morning, your weeping may endure for the night, but joy, joy, joy comes in the morning. Joy comes in the morning. Shalom. Hallelujah. Glory! 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 I will never leave you nor forsake you. When my mother and my father tell me, then will God come and pick me up. In this life, we will have moments where we think that darkness reigns. But God said, the night in your life has a limitation. I got a date and a time when the sunlight, when the light from the sun, from the Prince of Peace will break through and those rays will break your chains and deliver you from your sorrow. Weeping endures for a night, but joy, joy, joy comes in the morning. God bless you. Hallelujah. Go. 
I'm just glad he didn't stop. Just bow your heads with me for a moment. Maybe you're in this room today and you came on your own. Maybe someone invited you. Maybe in your world right now, there's all kind of craziness, havoc, attacks, struggles, conflicts. The enemy's tried to bring, to bring that destruction in your life. You're not a bad person. You're just tired of being tired. You're just tired of fighting a battle that you feel like's going nowhere. And God's brought you a word today that he's shalom. He's your peace. He wants to bring light into your darkness. He wants to bring peace into your confusion. He wants to bring hope into your hopelessness. Right now, if you're in this building, you say, Pastor Dan, man, this word was for me today. You, you know, Pastor Sam thought he was coming just to kind of hold up your hands with it. No, God sent him here today to talk to me. This word's for me today, and spiritually, I'm in trouble. Spiritually, I'm away from God. Spiritually, I'm lost. But today, I feel, I sense from the worship to the word that God's here today, and he's not here to condemn me. He's not here to beat me up. He's here to love me, and he wants to turn my life around. And today, I need a fresh start, and I want to start over, and I want to give God my life and all of it. If that's you today, and that's you're here, I want you just to lift a hand right where you stand. I'm not going to point you out. I'm not coming to you. We had probably 15 hands raised in the first service, and hands are going up all over this building right now saying, I need Jesus in my life. I need God in my life. There's confusion. There's, there's struggles. And I'm away from God. I'm not where I need to be with God, but today I want to say yes to him. Yes to you, Father. Thank you for loving me today enough to send me this word. You can put your hand down. I'm going to pray a prayer, and I want you to pray this prayer with me today. And maybe you're online, and you're watching this via the Internet. You can pray with us also. And the whole church is going to pray with you so you don't feel alone. But if you mean it with all of your heart, and you say, God, I need you in my life today. I'm giving you my heart today. I'm ready for you to start over, and I want you to shine that light. And what you're doing right now is the first point that Pastor Sam talked about, and that's called repentance, that I recognize that I need to turn around and go in a new direction with God in my life. Pray this prayer with me. Say, dear Jesus, I come to you now. You said in your word, if I would just come to you, confess and believe that I could receive you. So right now, I come to you just as I am. I come to you. I confess with my mouth right now that you are Lord. And I believe in my heart that you raised from the dead. And I receive you right now as my Lord and Savior. Old things have passed away. All things have become brand new. I am a new person in Christ Jesus, my Lord. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, and amen. Come on, you celebrate? There was another 15, 18, 20 hands raised in here today. Come on, listen, it's all for Jesus today. Only he can change your life. Only he can do it. Let me say, if, if you just prayed that prayer, it's very important to us to help you in this journey with Jesus because we want you to succeed. And on that card that's in your worship guide, the Connect card, there's some boxes down there, whether you're a first-time guest or not. 
and it says, I committed my life to Christ, I recommitted my life to Christ, would you please fill that out and check the box that fits your prayer today? And that's gonna help us know how to pray for you. And then it's also gonna make sure that we get the right tools in your hand. And Pastor Brad's gonna give some instructions a little bit later in a few minutes. And, but just fill that card out if you will, and you can drop it in the offering bucket or take it by one of the Next Step Centers and turn it in. And we wanna help you now succeed in your Christian journey. How many receives this word today and say, this was a word for me today? How many would raise their hand and say, this was my word today, man. There's been some stuff going on. And I want Pastor Sam to come back and I'm gonna ask him to pray a prayer over you. And if you're here today and you say, God, you had a word for me and it's not gonna be a word just to my ears, but a word to my heart. And I'm gonna receive this word today and I'm gonna watch you bring freedom and peace, shalom into my life. I want you just to lift a hand up to heaven and pass this. I'm just going to pray over you right now. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Before I pray, I just say uh, to the pastors of the house who I love dearly, uh, cast down, but not destroy. You will rise. Hear me, Brad. Shall rise, cast down, but not destroy. Perplexed, but God will come in the morning. Light, you shall not die, you shall live. Hallelujah. Father God, I thank you for this congregation and for those who raised their hands and made. Oh, Lord, commitments of turning it around and running towards shalom. Lord, may the parable of the prodigal son, may they experience that heartbroken father who was waiting for that son to turn it around, for that daughter to change her mind and run back home. May they see that the father will not wait for them in his porch or from his bedroom window but that the father will run 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 to them meet them in their agony and embrace them and wrap his arms around them and instead of accepting a negotiated truth of truth of servanthood and slavery, he will take his his royal robe and and embrace them and cover them with it and take off his royal ring and put it on his finger. For my son and my daughter were once dead, but now they're alive. They were lost, but now they are found. They were separated from me, but now they are with me forever. May they experience that amazing love. I pray for the shalom, the well-being, the wholeness. I pray against spirit of division. I pray against gossip and lies. I pray against selfishness. I pray against carnality. And I cast them down and out in the name of Jesus by the authority of the blood of Christ. And I declare peace. I declare love. I declare forgiveness and restoration in this house. May the blessing of the Father 
the grace of the Son, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be on each and every one now and forever. Amen.